I want to back, uh, welcome you back to our Wednesday night Bible study. And if you look here in a, a moment, we've got several announcements. Uh, remember our regular worship time? We're meeting together once a week on Sundays um, at 1020 in our gym. We practice social distancing and wearing masks. So if you feel comfortable doing that, we'd love to have you. If not, everything is online at BassChapel.Church. And I encourage you to share that with others because people are all at different places. It's a great way to share the gospel and share about our church and that basschapel.church. Uh, we have a Sunday school online at 9.30 with Dan Swadley. And then we also have tonight our Wednesday night Bible studies. And all these things are also stored previous ones so you can go back. And if you go to basschapel.church, uh, it'll connect you to Facebook and our YouTube channel and then also our podcast. And so I encourage you to be about those things. If you uh, like to help with giving, uh, you can give online or our P.O. Box, or you can give in person here uh, during our uh, service. So remember those things. We're starting a new study tonight, and it's a little book. We're continuing on church questions, and I love this little book. It's called, What If I Don't Desire to Pray? In this time that we're dealing with right now, um, we may not desire to do much because it's so crazy, but a lot of us, and your pastor included, we struggle with prayer. And so I love this little book, and I've read it, and I want to go over it with you. We're going to really be focusing on prayer this coming year, not because we're just having a year we're going to focus on prayer. Obviously, our country needs prayer and a lot of prayer and a lot of continual prayer. But the church in general, the body of Christ, is to be about prayer. And I'm convinced your pastor included, we haven't spent enough time in building that into our spiritual DNA. And so be uh, looking this year for different opportunities. We'll be having some prayer times at the church. We're going to be uh, connecting you to some prayer resources. They can do some things at home. But we've got to be praying. He said that my house shall be a house of prayer. So with that, let's open in prayer. Lord, I, I pray for our country right now. Lord, I pray for Christians that are focusing on politics over your word. I pray for Christians that are focusing on having their way over the fact that, that you need to be the way, the truth, the life. Dear Lord, may our passion be about the gospel, and may it be about your love and your forgiveness. I just ask, dear Lord, you to heal our land, but that begins with us being right with you. I pray, dear Lord, help us to get comfortable with prayer and to ask the hard questions and to answer them. Why do I not desire to pray? And, dear Lord, help us to be obedient to you and grow closer to you. And I ask that you heal our land. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So tonight we're going to, again, like I said, start this book. And prayer, um, the author and said, prayer is like oxygen for the Christian. It's how we breathe. So a lot of us breathe a little bit different. Some of us breathe heavy. Some of us breathe shallow. But one thing is we need to breathe. And so prayer is like oxygen and most Christians are uncomfortable with uh, praying, then we're pretty asthmatic. We have C- uh, COPD, okay, as far as it comes to breathing and that relationship with God. And so this, that's my desire is that we begin to get comfortable with this and we begin to deal with it and we begin to transition this. But praying is hard. It often feels like a duty and not a delight and we feel guilty for not doing it, yet we shove the, that plate aside. And say no. Our prayerlessness isn't rude in our lack of ability, but in a lack of desire. So I think a lot of us could pull a prayer off, but 
it's not the fact that I can't pray, it's the fact of my desire to pray. We know how to, but we don't desire. And so our problem isn't that we don't know how to pray, it's simply that we don't want to pray. Pastor, you said that out loud. Well, we just got to get the reality of it. I don't want to pray because I think it's got to be this certain way. What do we do when we don't want something we should want? Um, the problem is the heart and not the head. So how do we train our hearts to want something more? That's what we're going to look at. Is it possible? We can grow in our desire for prayer. If Jesus can transform hearts of stone, like he says in Ezekiel 36:26, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And so if he can do that, he certainly can reshape our affections and give us the desire to pray. So as we go through this little book in the next few weeks, what we're going to look at tonight, uh, the subject is don't give up. You want to want to pray. Think about that. I'm just going to be honest with you. You start thinking about prayer. I, I think I've got to do it this way. Or I've got to do this mantra. And there's a lot of great prayer resources. And on our website, we're going to try to throw a lot of apps and things at you or books that you can go to that help you begin to do that. But what we're talking about here is, and I want to encourage you, don't give up. You want to want to pray. I don't think any of us that are Christians don't say, I want to pray. I just don't desire to pray. You're moving in the right direction if you do that, and it shows that you want to pray. And and few other uh, few other thoughts about this struggle. So let's look at some things here. Um, first of all, you're not the only one. You're not alone. Um, he said in the book in a uh, in a Google search of struggling to pray, he got thirty one thousand results. So he Googled the word struggling to pray, and he got 31,000 results. So obviously, you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. Clearly, you and I are not alone in this struggle. The Bible told told us as much that Jesus spent three years with the disciples, and they became pillars of the church. But uh, we see in Matthew 19:28, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit in his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes. You know, he went on in Ephesians 2.20 to say, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So these guys that spent three years with him became the pillars of the church. The foundation of the church with Jesus being the cornerstone, which all the foundation is measured off of. But when we get to Mark 14, we see that they struggle to pray. And they struggle to keep awake. Mark 14, verses 31 through, excuse me, verses 37 through 41 says this. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer. 
And he came a third time and said, Are you still sleeping and taking rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. It's, I want you to understand the pillars of the church struggled with prayer. They wanted to please the Lord, but the things of life began to weigh on them. The, the tires of life began to weigh on them. And so I hope that encouraged you. Um, I'm with you in this struggle to pray. And that's one of the reasons you wrote the book. And so you're not the only one, was the first thing, that doesn't desire to pray, that struggles with that, but wants to pray. And secondly, this won't be the last time you feel that way. That movie War Room came out, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. War Room, all about prayer. It will encourage you. And I thought, man, I'm going to back up the truck and try again. And I got my prayer journal and do all this stuff and wake up in the morning. And then suddenly when i got to do something different and I get thrown off for a few days with some different schedule, suddenly I'm right back to square one. We all want to have the desire to pray. And it won't be the last time we lose that desire. So we need to understand that. Prayer isn't like chicken pox. Experience it once and then you're immune. Prayerlessness is rooted in pride. Think about that. What would pride have to do with not praying? And pride is more like a flu. Different strands are always evolving. And there's no immunity this side of eternity. Think about that. Every year, and then we're going to pray experiences with COVID. There's going to be COVID every year. Uh, hopefully we build an immunity up to it. You take a shot or whatever, just like we do the flu. But pride has different strands that run through us. And, you know, First Corinthians uh, ten twelve says, Except for the one that thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. The moment you think you've accomplished something, look out. And so we've got to be aware of this. You know, the famous theologian, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, said, A man's got to know his limitations. You know, we need to know that we can only do so much and that we will be here at this intersection again. A host of things can awaken pride. Tragedy can cause us to forget God's promises and make our pain, uh, make our pain the focus of our lives. In other words, this is happening to me. I can't see anything else for the pain. And when we sow seeds of bitterness, crops of prayerlessness spring up. I am in pain and they'll either turn us to God or we turn away from God and we get more bitter and say, God, how can you? God sent His Son in this broken, sinful world that He gave us free will and Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. And now we pay for it. But yet He sent His Son to make it right. And my hope is not here. It is in eternity. But pride will say, you didn't do this for me, so therefore I'm turning this way. And we look at our bitterness and we don't focus on God. On the opposite Instead of pain, prosperity can also make us forget God, leading to our prayerlessness. Deuteronomy um, 8, verses uh, 10 through 18 says this. And, and he was talking to the children of Israel, preparing them um, as they were getting to go into the land. And 
notice what he said here in chapter 8, verses 10 through 18. You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, and your heart be, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its, fire, with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the uh, flinty rock, you fed, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that you might humble, that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and might of my hand have got me this wealth, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is, as it is this day. God's telling the children of Israel, I want you to remember this when you enter the promised land. You know, you could say that about America today, that we forgot that our blessings are from God. Getting too big for our britches. So you can be in pain and not want to pray. You can be in prosperity and not want to pray. And uh, regrettably, there's no one-time vaccination against pride regardless of what causes it. I'm hoping this study provides a set of directions for us to follow whenever the pride of prayer appears. That's a $5 word. The pride of prayer appears. So, we want, we don't desire to. It won't always last that we do have the desire. And, and third and lastly for this session, people in worse situations have changed for the better. People in worse situations have changed for the better. Finally, people, uh, like I said, you you can begin to want to pray. And that's what I want to leave with you in this short time tonight. That you need to be honest. I don't desire to pray because either my pride, my fear, my lack of information, whatever it is. I want to want to pray that you can change. The devil will say you can't on anything, but you can And remember the disciples who nodded off while praying. They went from falling asleep at Jesus' prayer meetings to lean more uh, more, uh, a movement by prayer. So let's look at that. We read the scripture on how they failed, but now let's look at Acts and look at a few of these scriptures and see at the end. Acts 2.42 And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. When I came here as pastor, this was the first sermon I read, and this is how I measure the church. Acts 2, verses 42 and on there, is what the church, the body of Christ, should be. And so they devoted themselves to teaching, the breaking of bread, and prayers. And so as a church, not for this year, but one of my major goals is, is we're going to build back into the DNA a Bass Chapel Baptist Church that prayer is a regular part. Now, it's not that we weren't praying, but that prayer is a separate focused thing that we always do as a church. And I'm not saying that it hasn't been that way, but I believe most Baptist churches that I've been in, that I can speak on, there used to be a thing called prayer meeting, and it ended up being about this much when God calls us to pray. So we're going to back up the truck, and we're going to figure out, even in the middle of COVID, even in the middle of 
doing some stuff online and in person, how are we going to be a people of prayer regularly? Acts 4, verses 23 through 31. And when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, uh, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers gathered together. And he, and he goes on to there, and you go on down to... Um, Verse 29, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And while they stretch out your hand to heal the signs and wonders and perform through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. My goodness, we need this right now. Everything in our society is saying to the Christian, shut up. What, are the, what was happening to the disciples at this time in their society? And what were they praying? God, give us boldness. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit, which is in every Christian. And so, you know what? This isn't by chance. We've got to build a bridge and get over this, and we've got to get back to the DNA of prayer in our individual lives boldness to not worry about how we're perceived if we do it in love to get the gospel out of there notice what another example in Acts 6 verses 1 through 6 now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews against their widows and, they, and them being neglected in the daily distribution and this is where the deacons came about and, and placed in the church to serve the table and the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples, and they said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Do we all need to be praying? Yes. But notice what happened. When they got people to do the physical service, and if I'm not willing to physically serve at any time, I'm wrong, but... Where, where God is, has gifted me is to teach the word and prayer. Notice, guess, guess what? The widows were served and people were being saved. It freed them up to devote themselves to prayer and to the word. And, ver, and verse 5, and what, they, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and the whole, all those. And then they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands upon them. Prayer is part of the DNA of the church. See it in Acts, 14, Acts 8, verses 14 and 15. Now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down, and guess what they did? Pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Um, you go on into Acts 12, verses 1 through 5. At that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter. That was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he was, had been seized, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Boy, Pastor, we're in trouble now and all these things are happening. They were in trouble then and all those things were happening. Earnest prayer. It's part of their DNA. 
Acts 13, verses 1 and 3. Now there there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas and, and Simeon. And he goes on down to 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work in which I called them. After fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Notice they fasted and they prayed, they discerned, and they sent. We need prayer to get guidance from God. We need prayer to put upon people to send them out. And lastly, we see in Acts 20:36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed for all of them. Are you picking up a pattern? Are you seeing the difference? Um, they went from falling asleep at Jesus' prayer meetings to leading a movement fueled by prayer. What transformed these sleepy apostles into tireless men of prayer? Well, I'm not going to tell you that tonight. I'm going to tell you next week. And how might our hearts change to desire more prayer? That's what we're going to discuss. That's what we're going to unpack. Again, I don't care if you get the book or not, but what if I don't desire to pray? You can buy it physically. You can buy it electronically. It'd be really cheap. You can read it or you can just listen to me or do whatever you want in that way. But you need to ask the question, why do I not desire to pray? And I hope that you'll lean in, and I hope that you'll realize that you can get on track, and you always need to guard that something might try to get you off track. And I hope you realize I'm always two steps uh, forward and one step back. At least I'm moving forward. That like the disciples, you can change from sleeping to on fire saints. Lord, I thank you, and I pray that you help build in our DNA to be about prayer. The devil doesn't want us to pray. I pray that you help us to be on fire and to see people we need to reach and speak the truth of the gospel for. And I pray, dear Lord, you take and transform us to be people of prayer and people of the word and people of the gospel. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.